little things that go bump in the night. So sometimes when you're alone in the house, you hear a little something going bump in the night. I mean, we all chalk that up to the house settling or, or whatever. But if you're from Eastern Europe, you have a tradition about the Dumbovoy, a little house spirit that sort of represents the ancestry of your family, helps protect you, takes care of the house, can warn you of impending disaster. So these little entities known as the Domovoi, they sort of represent a lot of things and they're, they have a lot of interaction with the family. And, and you know, I, I heard this topic brought up on another podcast and I looked into it and I thought, well, that's a very interesting topic. I wanted to talk about it. And of course, Eric had never heard of the Domovoi when I... So I said, let's do what Bill wants to do. Well, to be fair... It seemed very interesting. I, I, I do a lot of episodes that I'm not 100%. <laughs> I should say, let's edit that. Like, I don't want to... No, there are definitely episodes where like I'm more invested than you are. You're more invested than One I am. One of us is more, way more challenged than the other. So anyway, tonight we're going to talk about the Domovoi. From a child born into this world, we are taught what to believe. Close-minded, we become fearful to be deceived. Still, we desire to know what lies beyond that locked door. The art of the storyteller conjuring tales of legend and lore. History hidden, lost knowledge, things forgotten, and the unknown. These are the things that direct us and will set the tone. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Nightmares on the Lost Highway. So... The Domovoi is a creature from a Slavic religious tradition. And and like I said, I had heard on a podcast a story about a Domovoi that was living in a house and, and how, you know, it was affecting the people that live there. And I had read a Hellboy comic uh, that actually had Hellboy encountering a Domovoi uh, while he was confronting the Baba Yaga. So, you know, what, Russian tradition. What's not to love? Well, I don't know about you. I, Baba Yaga has been intriguing. I've been trying to go back and, and reread the Hellboy comics. Since, uh, you know, I, I really like Hellboy stuff. Honestly, no exposure to Hellboy whatsoever until the Ron Perlman movie. Oh, but nailed it. Ever since then, I've been a Hellboy fan. I've been trying to get back into reading the comics. So, But the Domovoi was something I was like, I'd heard that, that name, and then I remembered the Hellboy comic book, and I thought. I really enjoyed getting into the research on this because, I mean, I go into it, and I'm thinking, okay, this Domovoi, it's like a, a small little demon child kind of thing. I think it's like a, an or something, but yeah. the more you read, that is... And then it's like, okay, so is Domovoi good? Is Domovoi bad? And I think the answer can be yes. Yes. It, it just yeah. kind of depends. Depends but on the, the situation. ancestral story that it was a part of your family, that just kind of, to me, took it to the next level. It can represent essentially every generation that came before you. Or a single entity. Or a single entity, Either, yeah. yeah. you don't even really know, but it's like, wow, this is... Imagine that if it had a conglomeration of several of your ancestors, the knowledge that it would have, but yet it, not that it's simple minded, but it's like wanting you to do well, wanting your family, yeah. its family to, to blossom. Keep your house clean. Yeah. Keep your house Take clean. Take care of yourself. Yeah. And if something bad's going to happen, he's going to let you know about it. And don't you embarrass me, you know, don't you yeah. keep a dirty house. Be respectful. And, I mean, that definitely sounds like a, a mom or grandma spirit there, you know. <laughs> well, Lord knows when I was growing up, you know. You, I always felt we kept a pretty clean house, but when grandma was coming to visit, Whoa. well, you had to buckle down, clean. Whip snap. And honestly, we're, I mean, my wife is that way, you know, if we're going to have company, not that our house is a mess, but you know, we got, we had, 
Well, we've got two kids living in the house. We had three at one point. We got two dogs. I mean, there's bound to be stuff laying around. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, you clean up. But that's the thing about the Domovoy. And I know, you know, previously, shadow people kind of in their own way, you know, if you kept a clean house and kept things picked up, you didn't have to worry about them. But the Domovoy is sort of a different thing. And apparently, over there in, in Eastern Europe, I'm going to say Eastern Europe, Slavic religion area. Russia. Russia, and that kind of, you know, things like that. Poland, I think. Mm-hmm. But, uh. You know, the, the Domovoy lives in the home, and they say that at one point in time, they said every peasant house had a home, no matter where. And even in the modern age, you know, they talk about, well, if you live in an apartment, where does the Domovoy live? Well, the Domovoy lives in your ductwork now. You yeah. know, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, traditionally, the Domovoy lived under your, your stove, your oven. To stay or warm. Or under the hearth, uh, you know, the front, the front entrance to the house. But now, they, they still have these beliefs. Now, tell me it's not just me. I mean, this is like, ripped out of the pages of Harry Potter almost, you know, the, I am Dobby, the house elf. It, it is similar in many ways. I think Dobby was inspired in a way it would by have this. to be, I think. There are also other house spirits, which I, I kind of give a summary of those from different cultures. I think there are spirits more like what you think of when you think Dobby, but, but yeah, I think Dobby was inspired by this, the whole idea of the house elf. So the Dumbavoy typically felt but not seen. Obviously, you know, the, they want the house to be kept tidy. Like we said, they want things to be nice and orderly. They are a representative of your, your ancestors, and so they want you to be successful. They want you to be taken care of. They always seem to be represented in a male form, too, from yeah. what I saw. There is a female version. I did find a reference to that, but it's very rare. Okay. There's almost always a male, the Domovoy. And the female version has a different, like a dom, Domovina or something like that. It's a different name. Uh, like we said, they typically live in the hearth or behind the stove. And once upon a time, it was encouraged not to disturb the smoldering remains of a fire, lest the Domovoy fall through the grate. You would agitate or make the Domovoy uncomfortable, and you don't want to do that. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. You know, when they sleep under the threshold of the home, you know, there, there was a, a Russian superstition that you must never shake hands, kiss, sleep, or sit near the threshold, as that was seen to be an offensive invasion of the Domovoy's space. And that tradition is taken so seriously in the Russian beliefs that misfortunes on the Mir space station were blamed on the American astronauts arriving to the space station and shaking hands with the cosmonauts as they came through the entrance. Wow. As they crossed the threshold, they did not observe this tradition, and then the space station had issues. They blamed it on the Americans not observing respect for the Domovoy. Wow, wow. Now, in modern houses, like we said, they might live in your ventilation system. But in the good old days, they didn't always have to live in the house specifically. They might live in a chicken coop or a barn or cattle shed. They, they almost never traveled beyond the borders of what was considered the household. They stayed on the property, usually in the home. Now, again, like we said, they're said to be the soul of one or maybe all of the deceased members of the family and were very invested in protecting the well-being of, of its kinfolk, uh, especially, you know, protective towards children and pets in the house. Uh, they were constantly looking after them. As a matter of fact, you know, the belief that your pet's making too much noise at night the was a chasing sign. one. Yeah, the sign that the dog would, or the I cat may that. be playing with the domovoy. Now, there was another deal here that definitely seemed ghost-like to me. It said if you were in the house and you would feel a cold touch or a cold breath, you know, which is very reminiscent of ghost hunting, you know, you're checking for temperatures to drop and all this. Uh, but if you did feel a cold touch, the, the beliefs was that it meant illness would fall upon you or someone within your house. If you felt a warm touch, then yeah. that would be good health. That would be a positive thing. Yeah, there's also a, another version of that that involves the Domovoy sneaking out to 
to at night to do things, and he would come into your room. Mischievous thing. The Domovoy is covered in in hair. Mm-hmm. It looks like a like a like an. They say it's like about a foot tall. Part of my reading said no bigger than a five year old child, which is bigger than a foot tall. Yeah, yeah. But that they're, they're they just look like an old man covered completely in hair, or maybe sometime you know in simple peasant clothing. But they would sneak out and they would touch family members in the night. And if the the hair felt coarse and and rough, then that was a bad sign. But if the hor- the the hair was soft. And, and comforting, then that was a good sign. So sort of like your hot or cold. Yeah. Similar to that. It's kind of like when the dog sleeps with me in bed and I reach over and feel, it's like, whoa, hello. My dog doesn't sleep in my bed, so I don't have that. Oh. And it's just something, to, I don't know. Sleeps you got a bigger dog room. than I do. Well, they sleep in the kids' room. They have beds down there. I got Yeah, they're dog. bigger. So Domovoy would also fend off the forest spirits, you know, that would, would come in to try to prank this the family. like Faye. Yeah. You know. Um, they would also stop witches from stealing cows. And usually one house's domovoy would be on good terms with the, the domovoy of the houses next door. But if those domovoy attempted to invade their, their property, they would protect the home fiercely. And of course, like we said, the domovoy, they, they share in the joys and the sorrows of the family. And they let them know when good things are going to happen. One of the things I heard was, you know, if the domovoy would run his thumb up and down a comb like it was a guitar, <laughs> then that meant there was a wedding in someone's future. But they would warn them about all kinds of future events, uh, such as imminent death, plague, war, lightning strike, floods, other calamities, which would threaten the welfare of their family. Uh, they would warn them by making other sounds. Another thing they might do would be to ride horses in the night and leave them exhausted in the morning. That was a sign that something bad might happen. I also heard that uh, if you were in the house and you heard like giggling, like a childlike laughter, yeah. that that was a dumb boy just entertaining himself and. It wasn't, it might creep you out, but it wasn't a bad thing. It was actually a good thing that your Domovoy was very happy. Yeah, there are, there are definitely things which you could take both ways. And especially if you look at them from a Western, you know, like my house is haunted perspective. If you heard giggling, if you hear giggling in the middle yeah. of the night, you're going to freak out a little bit. Yeah. But now again, I wanted to kind of tie back to, I keep mentioning the Fae, you know, the fairies, the pixies. I, I went back again, the artist in me, and I'm looking at the earliest illustrations that I can find of the Domovoy. And I did actually find where, you know, some some are wearing clothing, as Bill alluded to. Uh, usually it's kind of cheaper clothing, more peasant attire, a small piece. Uh, again, very reminiscent of, of, of Dobby. But uh, some of them were definitely illustrated as a fae, like a brownie or, or a leprechaun-like. Uh, some of them had shoes or boots, pants, slacks, you know, shirts, even jackets. But then, you know, not always. You know, other times they may just been just covered in hair so much they look like almost like a tribble standing yeah. up upright out of a Star Trek show. Sometimes they were illustrated as having like uh, hooked horns, having bent or hooked horns around the skull. Uh, some even had a forked tail, you know, very imp-like or very demon-like. But then when you start to read about them, it's like, well, they kind of take on that appearance, but that's not what they're about again at all. Even the pictures with these horns and the forked tails that, you know, to us, it's like, oh, it's a small demon. To that area, it was just a well, piece. Of, it's an ancestor. It's someone here to help guard my house. Kind of the whole Hellboy aspect, you know, just accepted. Well, even the idea that, like, if someone said, oh, I saw you at home this afternoon and you weren't home, the Domovoy could appear as the house owner yes. from time to time. Yep. And people would be like, oh, I thought you were home earlier and I was going to stop by. And you're like, I wasn't at the house, you know. And and even in that guys, they might have horns on their head is something that I read. So 
I mean, they can take on a variety of appearances, but typically it's a little small, covered in hair, kind of, you know, like you said, like some kind of fae. Uh, now, to go back a little bit to talk about, like, how they might warn people, I talked about how they would ride horses till they were exhausted. They might also cause your, your dogs to dig holes in the yard or go howling throughout the village. And another bad sign would be if the Domovoy was to snuff out candles in the night or let out gruesome wails. That was considered a sure sign that someone in the house was going to die. Again, the Domovoy is typically good. Uh, typically, you know, wishes well for the family. But it is possible for them to become angry and to reveal their evil side. Uh, if the family becomes corrupted by bad behavior and language, especially during meals, apparently to swear during a meal is oh, that's I read a no -no. that you yeah you do not use any curse words, especially yeah. around the the dinner meal, but yeah. not even preferred in the house, but yeah. definitely not around the dinner table. Yeah, in, in those cases, the domovoy would could go on to break things or um, cause food to go bad. Seemed to pop up quite a bit. That was kind of a thing. It specifically would reference milk, but also to spoil meat. And obviously, you know, back in the day, those were things that you couldn't afford to have happen. Yeah, you couldn't replace that. Couldn't afford to. In the extreme, and I mean, this is the extreme extreme. This was referenced as a, you know, very rare event, but it would be possible for a Dumbavoy to suffocate a person in their bed. Ooh. So. That's dialing it up a notch or two. It, it was, I mean, if you made a Dumbavoy angry enough. Well, and again, if you made him mad, it, it seems like it was because you were lazy. You, well, didn't, yeah. you didn't you didn't do cleaning your, dishes. your house you didn't you weren't, sweep you didn't or you weren't behaving in a respectable manner yeah and in, you know in some cases a domovoy might even quit or just move out which you know how many of us you know grew up with mothers or grandmothers that if they heard you you if you said a bad you know bad word well, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap was one of the things they used to threaten or well, what, what is a it? switch to the behind a lot of folk tales though are like a morality thing too so I'm not saying the Domovoy, you know, one way or the other, but, you know, definitely it was, hey, your ancestors are watching and they want you to behave like a decent person. Yeah. Take care of your stuff. Don't be a slob. Now, a bored Domovoy will also act out, you know, if it's not being engaged and not feeling like it's part of the family. And they would move things and, and hide them. Something I found interesting, and this is still a tradition of this day, uh, in Russia they have a tradition called sitting on the lane. I don't know if you found that. No. But what it means is that you take just a few minutes of silence, just sitting in the house, just absolutely silence, before you leave on a long journey. This is, is connected to the beliefs of the Domovoy, since according to legend, they don't like to be alone. So this is sort of like you getting them used to the idea that things are going to be quiet, sort of deceiving them. Like, oh, I'm just going to be quiet <laughs> for a while. You're just oh. not going to hear me. That way, you know, the Domovoy wouldn't necessarily realize that you were gone. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Apparently, they, they still practice that particular belief. Now, of course, like I said, they were, they were felt rather than seen. And to actually see a Domovoy in its true form was, was considered a bad omen. That was another indicator that something that, bad was going to Maybe that's happen. why the illustrations vary so much, too, because maybe not a lot of them were truly ever seen. And we talked about how they might touch you in, in the night, like, you know, caress you with their hands. Another thing they were known to do was to plait a man's beard in his sleep. And that was considered to be a good omen and a sign of the Domovoy's love for the family. Which I don't know about you, if I woke up and my beard was braided, I might panic a little bit. That'd be a little weird. A little weird. Well, I found again, going back to the reminiscence of, of Faye and brownies, it said if your domovoy was getting bored or that you felt you had offended them, they eagerly accepted gifts of tobacco and whiskey. Yeah, there were, there were other things you could do as well. Uh, now, you could leave a small cloak underneath the house to give them some kind of clothing to wear. I mm -hmm. read that. If you had angered your domovoy, you might have to sacrifice a chicken at midnight 
and then <laughs> sprinkle the blood of the animal into the nooks and crannies of the common room. Wow. So, uh, but usually, yeah, like you said, uh, they, they were fond of tobacco, like a lot of other small folk. And usually a slice of salted bread wrapped in white cloth was enough to, to keep the Domovoy happy. You could also use similar offerings to invite a Domovoy into a newly built house. And another way that that might be done is, is if the groom were to let a cat call out in the house rather than carry his wife across the threshold. Mm. There's another tradition from that area. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you let the cat into the house first and, and to call out for the Domovoy since it is believed that cats are the only creatures that can actually communicate with Domovoy. So you were letting a cat in to say that it was safe, and then the cat would invite the Domovoy in. Now, of course, you know, if you had a Domovoy and you had to move, you'd want to bring that Domovoy with you. Yep. And so... They picked you. They're going to be yours yeah. for life. There were different ways to do that. One of them was for the eldest person to enter the home first, the eldest family member, usually male family member. And... uh it was believed that if the house did not already have a Domovoy, that when that person passed away, they would become the Domovoy. Yeah, I had read, actually, I found an article that talked about a family that was moving, and they were so fond of their dom- Domovoy that they somehow had found this step-by-step directions to make sure that you took your Domovoy. Does I mean, it, it involve like, a shoe? Yes. Because a, a, a shoe boot, was part of it, yes. A boot or a basket. Uh, and said, basically, imagine you've, you've moved everything out of your old house. It's literally kind of that last trip there. And you take this single boot or a basket in the house with you, call out to them and tell them that you guys are moving and that you want them to be a part of your life. And to Bill's point, if, if you didn't feel anything, might have to leave some tobacco or whiskey to kind of lure them out of the shadows. Anyhow, the thought would be that the Domovoy would want to come with you, jump down in that boot or that basket. So then you take them wherever across the land to another, your new house. Another version of that would be to take some, the, the, the ashes out of the final fire in the old home, rake them into a jar so that the Domovoy had a comfortable resting place oh, it was familiar with. I hadn't heard but that. But that, that's another version, sort of the same thing. Makes sense because they were so fond of the hearth and everything. But then when you get to the new house, it's very important that the Domovoy enter first. Uh, nobody gets to pick their room until the Domovoy goes in and he picks which room he wants. And then basically anybody can move in in that same room with him or whatever. So I thought it was very intriguing that the national, and just like on you know this side of the pond, of course, we have our, our beliefs, but they have their beliefs to a point where someone had written a book with step-by-step you know, directions on how to welcome the Domovoy into your new home. I, I found that very interesting. Well, going back to the, the, the eldest family member, you know, it was possible to prevent that person from dying. Uh, in some cases, the family might sacrifice some sort of goat, fowl, lamb, whatever, and then bury it under the first stone or log set for the new home and just go without a domovoy rather than have a family member die. However, when the oldest family member did pass, they would become the domovoy. And some, some traditions over there stated that prosperity and well-being could not exist in a new home until the head of the family died and became its guardian spirit. So, you know, there, there was a lot of, a lot of, I mean, to say, well, I'm, I'm not sure the right word, but a lot of faith put in the Domovoy, a lot of importance oh, given to the definitely. Domovoy. It was an ev- like respect. Said, every peasant house supposedly had one, no matter how insignificant the dwelling might be, you had a Domovoy. Now, Bill, it was just kind of coming to my mind sitting here. 
Did you come across anything? Is a Domovoy considered uh, an immortal? Do they have an age? Uh, does, did you come across anything about see anything specifically one dying about or how they handle that? Or? Never heard about one dying. Packing I, up and leaving, yeah. You know, being left behind in an old house, yeah. It really kind of makes me wonder if they're not almost considered like an immortal spirit or something. You know, we talked about them turning angry. Apparently, some traditions say that on March 30th of each year, the Domovoy turns evil. Well, why March 30th? I don't know. I, I, never, I couldn't find the significance of that. But from dawn until midnight, March 30th, it would just go about, you know, crazy, just creating all kinds of havoc. And you had to bribe it with food to get it through the day. And, as, you know, once you got past that day, it would go back to being itself. <laughs> Sorry to say that'd be a bad day to be at the house, but maybe you would want to be there to protect your house. Now, we talked about, you know, leaving a domovoy behind. It was said the domovoy would remain behind in abandoned houses or even houses that burned to the ground, it would become attached to the property. And it was up to the domovoy whether to accept or reject any new occupants to the house. So you could get a domovoy that wasn't even, you know, your ancestor. You could move into a house that already had a domovoy that had gotten left behind. And might uh, do some haunting type activities around your house. Now, if you've angered a domovoy, you can't get it to calm down. No matter what offering you've provided, you can't get it to get back in line. And it, it's just, you know, being disruptive to your life. It is possible to drive one out of the house. The Domovoid is not like mirrors or goats, apparently. Or goats. Okay. So a homeowner could take a goat skull and place it under the threshold of the house in an attempt to drive it away. Or, again, add extra mirrors. So, you know, we've talked a lot about the Domovoid. We talk about the, the Domovoid from Slavic mythology. But there are similar house spirits in other areas, other lands, other regions, other belief systems. Uh, in German folklore, they have the kobold, which, you know, that's a term you've heard, Eric. I oh, guarantee yes. it. Dungeons Dragons. But in, in German folklore, these are little woodland spirits that can be coaxed into the home by offerings of honey or by using carved talismans left in their trees and then another matching talisman at the home that wants the kobold to live there. So you kind of give them like, hey, come to this. <laughs> now, once in a home, they will live there forever. They are helpful, but they can be mischievous tricksters as well. Finnish mythology has the Kota Halcha. Now, they are known to live in attics and barns, and they have um, other, the Finnish have other similar spirits with other responsibilities, such as the sauna tantu, uh, who specifically protects saunas. They have different house spirits for different Interesting. Uh, in the Spanish folklore, you have the trasgu. These are more goblin-like. They do love doing domestic chores, and they will practice mischief. Uh, and if you wanted to get rid of a trasgu, you had to assign it an impossible task. Uh, the the example I saw was you scatter rice on the floor and then tell the trasgu to pick up rice because, little known fact, the trasgu has a hole in its palm, so it can't carry rice. Oh, uh, rice just falls right out. Uh, but anyway, if they have an impossible task, they'll eventually just become discouraged and fed up, and they'll leave your home. Now, going back to our discussion about Dobby, Northern English folklore has the hob. Now, hobs can inhabit more than just homes. They live in shops and they'll live in farms, and they help with the work but they hate being rewarded for their work. Uh, if you should try to reward one or give them a piece of clothing, they will become offended and leave the property. That sound familiar? Yes. So I, I'm saying that's where the Dobby thing comes from, is the, the idea of the hob. Just too many similarities there not to have some connection. Japanese folklore has the Zashiki Warashi. Say that three times, Fat. Uh, I'm not going to try that, no. <laughs> now, these remain invisible, and when they do appear, they appear as plump little kids, but they only appear to children. They only appear to adults when they are preparing to leave the home. And if one leaves the home, it is a sign of impending doom. 
and it is often considered best just to live with their hijinks rather than to run one off. Uh, Lithuanian folklore has the Gabija. Uh, it is more of the living embodiment of fire rather than an ancestor spirit and appears as a woman clad in a red dress. Paying the Gabija respect is as simple as just taking care of your household fire. And if your fire needs to be extinguished, if you use anything other than pure water, it might anger the Gabija. And if the Gabija is ever displeased, she might go wondering about the house. The embodiment of fire, fire. wondering Set about the house. The house. On fire. Yeah. Bad. Norwegian folklore has the niece, described as a tiny elderly man with a giant beard wearing farmer's clothes. And they are said to be a joy to have around the house, and they often help with household chores and tending to animals, and they especially love taking care of horses. The only thing they ask for is a bowl of rice pudding with butter on Christmas Eve. I need so, to get some of these. Need a little house spirit? Well, I mean, seriously, do you feel like cleaning the house, or does your <laughs> wife feel like cleaning? After a busy day. Some days it might be nice for some little know, spirit to go about. Especially with you. You still have kids at the house, you know, but... Uh, these little critters, they want to do all that for you. They don't want appreciation. They don't want to be well, bragged on. it depends. It'd leave them a little bowl of rice yeah. with some butter on it. Okay, buddy, we got a deal. What contract <laughs> is signed. Yeah, it wouldn't be all bad to have one around, I wouldn't think. Oh. Of course, you don't want to give it a sock, you know. It's oh, yeah. take off. Give Dobby a sock. I, uh, oh, man. There, <laughs> there are certain things in Harry Potter I cannot stand. Moaning Myrtle is one of them, and <laughs> Dobby's got to be the other one. Moaning Myrtle was uh, just terrible. Blood curdling hair on the back. Everything of your neck about Moaning Myrtle made yeah. me mad. Um, and that's you know I've seen all the Harry Potter movies. I've seen some of them more than once, but yeah, yeah, I try not to crap on anything too much. But <laughs> every everything has something that I hate. There there are things in Star Wars I can't stand. There are things in Alien. Yes, Jar Jar Binks. Well, I mean everybody hates on Jar Jar. Everybody Binks, hates right? Jar Jar Binks. Still say it would have been cool if Michael Jackson would have done Jar Jar Binks. So then maybe Jar Jar Binks would have had a little more love. Oh, people would have loved Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> well, headlines. I came across some interesting stuff that I felt because we talked about the Domovoy. And of course, the Domovoy comes from not only Russian, but I also love Russian culture. I thought it would be interesting to share some recent Russian cultures that involve Domovoy, I know, but it's just so intriguing. For example, if you are to go and maybe visit Russia trying to encounter your own Domovoy over there. I will say that handshaking thing. Remember that. Oh my gosh. You don't shake hands on the threshold. You go in the house first. That seems odd. They seems still, rude. They still stand by that, though. That's that my understanding. Rude. You would want to shake a person's hand immediately yeah. upon, you know, greeting them. But okay. Well, if anyhow, if you're over in Russia, here are some things that you might kind of try to remember, keep to uh, to heart. Russians do not smile at strangers. Often here in America, as you're walking down the sidewalk, you know, it's pretty common to make eye contact with someone, maybe nod at them or grunt. Could be a total stranger, just a little smile on your face, you know, and that little nod. This will not happen in Russia because the smile there does not mean the same thing as it does here in America. It's not to be disrespectful or come across as harsh or that Russians aren't friendly. Russians, however, only smile when they find something extremely funny or possibly when great joy is upon them. Like, I mean, to a point of maybe. They're seeing a friend from school or a loved one that they hadn't seen in 15 years. You know, that type of deal. That is what merits a proper smile. Now, 
if you were to walk into a, a Russian's house and there's a bunch of them there, sure, they get together, they tell jokes, and, and yeah, they may be smiling and laughing. But generally speaking, a lot of times Russians out on the street of the city get this kind of that they're not happy people and they don't want you there. It's just a different culture. Number two, in Russia, when they are asked, you know, how are you? It's not as common, uh, I'll use the word slang, as what it is here in America. You know, let's face it, here in America, it's pretty common. You walk up to somebody, hey, what's up? You know, how's it going? How's your day? But then often the person that asks just keeps on walking. They don't even hang around for a response. It's just something we do. This kind of stuff drives Russians just insane. It's like you were asked a question that needs a realistic answer. And it's not just to do it to, you know, it sounds like downright rude. You just walked away. You asked somebody something you didn't even get a chance to say. It was like they wasn't even important enough to hang around to hear what the response was. Okay, so very well today, you know, thank you. It might be a response that the Russians would tell you. Not saying they got to go into their life story, but, you know, how was, how was your day? Very well, thank you. Or, uh, well, it's not great today, but I'm sure it'll get better. Just something to that degree, but it requires a response and both people to stop and wait for that, that transaction to take place. I mean, seems so calm. I mean, so easy. In, in America, we ask that question, and, I, and I've seen some, some things written about it. How are you doing? We don't want the real answer. No. We want you to say, oh, I'm fine. Yep. And as a, as a person, like, I, I will I say, did that's, something good. I asked them how their day that's was. That's what I say. I say, I'm fine. Or, you know, someone says, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. How about you? And I've had people just walk off. Yeah. You know, because they, I mean, you're, you're really not asking that question from a point of concern. No. Most of the time we say, hey, how are you doing? Or, or something along those lines. You're, you don't, like, if, if you walk by and say, hey, how are you doing? Well, you know, I'm pretty stressed out, man. You know, I did lose my job a little while back and I've been having trouble finding Somebody wants that. me to get in a big deal, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There are people who would ask how I'm doing and mean it. Right. But most of the time when you ask somebody how they're doing, you're just wanting like, oh, not bad. You I know, think, whatever. I think Americans do it as kind of a checklist. It's Weirdest. like, oh, I asked them how they were doing. Yeah. Pat on my back. I did good today. Weirdest thing ever happened to me in relation to that particular question. I was at, we were on the beach in North Carolina and Myrtle Beach, I believe. And we were going into some, one of those, you know, touristy shops to sell shells and, yeah. you know, the cheap t-shirts with the, I went to the beach. <clears throat> and I walked in and it was early morning. And I mean, I hate to be this guy, but Eric, you've known me for a while. I ain't the friendliest guy most of the time. <laughs> I, I don't even smile that often to be fair. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm more Russian than I realized, <laughs> but, uh, I walk in and she's like, so how are you folks doing? I said, oh, I'm not bad. And she goes, not bad. Like she, like I, I turn she around, you know, she's like, not bad, buddy. You are at the beach. It is a sunny, beautiful day. You, you don't look like you got anything else going on. I mean, you're in my shop, so you got free time and, and you're, you're at the beach. How can you not be great right now? As I used to say, don't worry, be happy. And I was like. Yeah, at the best of times, I'm just not bad. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a negative person. Number four, if you're in Russia, in a tradition, if you're invited to a Russian's home, you must bring a gift of some sort. It could be a bottle of wine, champagne, a food dish, even ice cream for the kids of the house. While it is never about the amount of money that is spent on that gift, to not bring a gift of some sort, you would be considered a moocher and possibly a freeloader 
and basically just unwanted, undesired, and frowned upon. So take something as a gift for Pete's sake if you ever get invited to a Russian's home. Number five, there's a tradition known as bunya, which is Russian for steam or heat lodge. Now, this is a very popular thing apparently in Russia. Uh, many Russians visit these steam rooms, we're going to call them, or this bunya, a couple of times a week even. And it's just that. It's a steam room where you go in and you sweat out your toxins. It helps to purify your body. You know, it's equally about the, the camaraderie and socialization of those that are in there in that room with you as the health aspect physically it is equally mentally with just joking and cutting up and, and talking. You know, you've got the young, you've got the old men, uh, women alike. There's different segregations, but I mean, you have all different ages, all different walks of life. And this tradition, this trip of bunya is, is something that is to be completed, to experience, to be felt. The next part, I could totally see Russians doing, definitely not for me. You're out here, you go into this steam room. Of course, you're in Russia. It's cold. There's ice and snow outside. You exit one by one if you want with a buddy, single, doesn't matter. But as you exit, you dive into the snow, even into the icy water for a bath, possibly into a nearby lake, which many of these are set up with a dock that goes out. And yeah, you just take a, a mad lunge off the dock and jump into the freezing, frigid waters. Because your body just came out of the steam bath, I would be having a heart attack and a stroke in, in midair. You ever seen a YouTube video where the guy goes to do that on a frozen pond? <laughs> he just jumps and smacks <laughs> into the ice. the ice. Yeah, it doesn't even go through. <laughs> but all of this, you know, it, it's so they consider that a way to jumpstart, literally, your purified body to be rebirthed. And it gives you a new energy and they believe it gives you immunity to be stronger, and to move forward throughout your day, not just physically, but also mentally. And lastly, if you ever bring flowers as a gift to a Russian, never, ever, ever, ever bring an even number of flowers to a living person. And no dozen roses? No. You should always give an odd number in your point of even a dozen roses you pull one of those things out of there. You throw it on the ground. You throw it in the trash, whatever. If it is a living person, you should always give it a odd number. Because to give someone an even number, like a dozen roses, their life was totally complete. There's nothing left here. So basically, you would be insulting, say, if you're dating a Russian, and you take them a dozen roses, you're saying that, you know, you're... You're incomplete. You're just going around in circles. You're not finding what you need to, and you're not worth my time. If you go to a funeral where someone has passed on, you want that even number because it shows that their the life is was, was complete. They fulfilled everything they were supposed to. So it means good and bad, but it depends on which way you present it of how you can insult someone. And I thought that was so interesting. It's like, I could just see this poor sap falling in love with some Russian gal. And he saves up his money and he travels. Maybe he meets him on the internet. I don't know. This is like a small movie. He goes over and he gives her a dozen roses and she spits at him in the face and throws him out into the street, you know. And he's like, I don't know what I've done wrong. My, my brother-in-law was dating a Ukrainian girl. He, he had gone on mission to Ukraine. And uh, I wonder if he knew that back then. That seems weird. That's a weird tradition because that's the same part of the world, you know. Yeah. So yeah, 
was it Ukraine used to be part of the USSR? I think. I believe I'm, you're right. My geography and history aren't great. Those aren't my strong parts. So. so what do you got for your headliner? So from USA Today by the Associated Press, dated February 26, 2023. Not entirely related to the Dome of Void, but I hope you can see that, you know, we're in the same area. The probably, ballpark. probably closer than my headline to the Dome of Void. Mexico president, I'm not even in the right country, <laughs> Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador posts a viral photo claiming it to be an elf. So Mexico's President Lopez Obrador posted a photo to social media showing what he said was a mythological woodland spirit similar to an elf. Uh, he did not seem to be joking when he posted the photo of what they call an alux, A-L-U-X-E, uh, which is a mischievous woodland spirit in Mayan folklore. Uh, President Lopez Obrador wrote that the photo was taken three days ago by an engineer, and it appears to be of an alux. He added, everything is mystical. Now, the photo was taken at night, and it shows a tree with what appears to be some sort of creature with glowing eyes hanging onto the trunk of the tree. If you look it up, you, you sh it should be easy to find. I had seen the picture previously to actually reading the article. So it does, it does look like it shows something hanging in a tree. Now, Lopez Obrador has long expressed reverence for indigenous cultures and beliefs, but it does seem that President Lopez Obrador may need a fact checker. <laughs> it does appear as if this photo had been posted before. And while he may have believed the photo was taken within a week before it's, before he posted it, it seems unlikely because this exact same photo had been posted before in a, in a tweet from February of 2021. Actually, it was alleged that this figure was spotted in a park in Manchester, England. And then the following day, multiple Mexican media outlets actually posted that picture, uh, reported that it was the same figure as a witch in Nuevo Leon in northeast Mexico. So what is Nelux again? A uh, traditional Mayan belief says that it is a small, mischievous creature that inhabits forests and fields. They are prone to playing tricks on people, like hiding things, and some people may leave small offerings to appease them. The question is, even if the picture isn't in a looks and was circulating way before President Lopez Obrador shared it, what does the picture actually show? What is it? There is a creature, and then I'll show you the picture, and you can... Does it look like a little lemur, monkey-looking thing? I may have saw this picture. No, it, it kind of looks a little spooky. There it is. So it's weird looking. I'm showing Eric the picture, and again, it does look like there's some kind of witchy like looking thing. It's got like it looks like it's got long hair. I would say hair, a cloak. Now my thought: up. some people say it's just a twisted branch that kind of gives the illusion of being a right. thing in the tree. But you can see what looks match. like eyes. Yeah, you see two eyes perfectly positioned there. And again, it just looks like this thing is holding onto the tree trunk. So, but I whatever. agree, the hair or the the robe, whatever that is, is the same color as the tree trunk itself. Perfect. But the way it's twisted like that. That's a weird twist. Would, yeah. So it does look like there's something in the tree. I regardless of where it's, it's got some interest. Yeah. Regardless of where that picture is from, it definitely looks like a thing. Something, in something. a tree. There's something, something there. So, Bill, you know, you told me uh, we always talk about our houses and stuff, you know, and you've got a, you've got a house that's similar to mine that was. Mine was actually moved and moved to a different location and all this. But as you, yeah, as mine's like 80 years old. If you get into any construction work with an old house, especially, I don't know if it's just from around here, but let's face it, a 15 minute job can, you know, become a day's job. Yeah. It's like people, for lack of a better term, seem to cobble a lot of stuff. So when you, when you get in and you're, you're working on something, you never know what you're going to find. So when, you got your house, and I know you did some work on it back by the bathroom area and all of this. Did you ever feel like by moving or changing, renovating, that something was there, something was watching you? 
And that is a big part of the Domovoi mythology. Mm-hmm. That that the story that that brought the Domovoi to my attention was about a a guy moving furniture in his and home. And people can say I've I've angered the house. You know, I've heard that kind of rumors before. I house isn't happy. I've heard that happening. I don't personally think it's happened in my house. I mean, I will say, you like you said, you start on a project and things seem to kind of spiral out of control. And and it's usually not like painting a wall or something, but like you start tearing into a wall or much less move a wall or you know, well, major I, construction. I will say stuff. like we've moved rooms around my wife, my wife, I kind of feel like but my way, but uh, <laughs> she likes to rearrange the furniture all the time. And I'm, I'm the kind of guy that's like, I, I got like, everything's where it needs to be. Just leave it. Yep. It works for me. Just leave it. And, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, maybe I have the opposite experience when things don't get moved around my house. I do have, you're like an the Domo boy. <laughs> I was going to say, I have an entity in the home that gets a little agitated. I love my wife. I shouldn't say that. Uh, weird story. I was kind of thinking of this as we talked about the Domo boy. My daughter was getting ready to go to bed one time and she, she kind of let out a little squeak or scream. You know how a little teenage girl can do. And she came into the, the living room to say she had seen something. She described a thing that was goblin-like. Oh. And I thought, holy, I got goblins. I don't, I don't know what you do if you got goblins. She had seen a mouse. You know, you get a mouse. This was going into wintertime about a year ago, you know. Pretty common. Like, it, it happens. They're coming in out of the cold. You get one every now and then. But she was like, she kept saying like she's seen something like a goblin. And then she described, you know, oh, it was tiny and covered in hair. And I'm like, you saw a mouse. Like, I don't know why she started with goblin. So, Children, so what about, children in fantasy in their well, book. What about you? You ever have that feeling? I'll, I, I will say we've remodeled two houses here in the Lebanon area. Both both of them were 80 plus years old. One of them was well over 100 years old. And my wife and I always joked, but it was kind of one of those jokes that we both acknowledged that it's not a joke. It's just the way we deal with it. The ha- We had a big Victorian house that was three stories tall, and we did quite a lot of construction work on it. It was necessary. And we would joke often, well, I hope the house likes what we're doing. You know, I hope the house likes that we open that wall in and put a laundry chute in, you know, or I hope the house likes this or that. I will tell you, at least from my own personal beliefs, that when you get into these old houses and you start digging around, you stir up more than dust. Um, I've definitely felt presences. I think for the most part, we've always very much tried to be respectful. And, you know, we'll even, we even talk that way. We joke that way. You know, it's like, hey, whoever's in here, hope you're liking what we're doing here. Never have had any issues, but I have been laying in bed and heard footsteps in the attic upstairs, uh, doors latching, closing. It's pretty common with haunting stories that like, even if there's nothing active, if you start moving things and rearranging things. Mm -hmm. And so again, we talk, we've said it before on the podcast, you know, all these things seem to be somewhat related, you know, in different ways. And maybe, maybe, you know, we brought the Domovoy tradition to America and what we think of as ghosts. It's just those house spirits, you know. Hey, man, quit messing with stuff. Leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, again, I don't think I've ever had anything like that. Now, you know, I've been in my house for 20-plus years, and I believe it was built in, like, the 60s, or if not earlier. And, um, you know, again, we, we've made some changes, and I don't really feel like I've never felt nothing. scared or anything in our house. I mean, I've definitely heard noises from time to time. I'm not going to lie about that. You know, or maybe you're, something goes missing. You know, I knew I left that on the table. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, they say if you make your domovoy angry. I mean, I don't know that I brought a domovoy with me. But I always maybe blame was the cats that, for knocking it off the counter. I mean, 
we, we may have touched base about this before. I do think that there is a spirit in my house and I think it's a child. So maybe that mischievousness, mm-hmm. uh, my sister-in-law swears up and down that she, the one time she stayed in my house that she saw a little girl spirit and my daughter will, I think she, she talks about seeing a little girl at one point. So, I mean, and I've definitely had a couple of things happen that I couldn't immediately explain away the, the balloon experience I think I've talked about before. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I, I can't say that I've really had it. I don't think anyone's ever been upset when I rearrange things now. Like I said, somebody may have got a little upset when I didn't want things rearranged. Now the last ultimate question, do you ever hear voices when you don't do your dishes and pick up? And is it your wife? I was going to say, you're looking at me and it's, it's that I hear voices, but it's not a dome of one. Hear a voice. I love my wife. Now she doesn't give me a lot of hassle. Um, I'm a little bit of a, like, I'm not a hundred percent organized. I have a certain, like, I, I know where, okay, maybe it's not where it belongs, but I know where it's at kind of mentality. If somebody else walked in, they might not see the organization, but by golly, there's some organization. But my wife, one of my favorite stories is, uh. We broke the shower head when I was getting ready to get in the shower one day and the shower head just came off. Oh my. Cause you know, you know, I'm over, I'm, I'm six foot tall. My, my oldest son is, is like six, three, six, two. My, my middle son, he's about six foot. My daughter's like five, eight. My wife is just like five, ten. There's a height difference. I mean, we're all pretty close, but still, you know, everybody adjusts the shower head a little differently. Well, I went to adjust the shower head and it came off in my hand. <laughs> Oops, well, that's not good. And, um, we had bought a shower head we were going to replace. And then it was one of those like, Hey, you need to replace it. Yeah, I'll get around to it. And then I, I now's good. I never got around to it. So I, you know, got dressed, went in the living room. I was like, Hey, where's that shower head we bought? I need to, I broke it. You know, I'm sitting there holding the old one. And I was like, well, I got rid of it. You didn't do anything with it. And I wanted oh. to, I needed to clean up, you know? And it was my, my wife, once things picked up, cleaned up. And if we don't need it, we need to get rid of it. And I'm the kind of person that's like, you never know when we're going to need a shower head. Right. You know? Right. So I can say that, yeah, if my house isn't clean, there is a voice, but it's not a dome of <laughs> Well, we hope that you've enjoyed sitting around and listening to us talk about and learning together the dome of Thanks so much for listening. Hey, real quick, call to action. I think Eric would agree. We'd like to grow this. Nightmares on the Lost Highway. Absolutely. If you could, if you're listening on Apple, if you would go and give us a review and, and rate us. Uh, if you have some feedback, that's fine, too. Uh, whatever, whatever platform you're listening, follow us, rate us, give us some reviews that helps get some recognition and gets our name out there. We do have a Facebook page, nightmares on the lost highway. You can easily find us if you want to communicate with us. If you want to share some, uh, possibilities for future podcasts with us, you know, reach out. We want to talk with you guys. Oh, on the Christmas special, kind of want to know what we want to end with so we can kind of like play up to it murder it well it's like i know what you suggested aren't, yeah yeah maybe at some point we see mariah carey singing so we're questioned if we're in heaven or hell okay well, <laughs> i was gonna say i can't get the rights to the mariah carey yeah. but is that mariah carey what's she doing here oh we must be going to the ha- happy place <laughs> Not if it's mariah carey we were listening to christmas songs the other day and it was like oh i like this song oh i like this song and i'm like i tell you what two Christmas songs I can't stand. It's that one by Wham and Last Christmas I gave oh, you really one. Like I hate that one. that one. Oh, really? And the one by Paul McCartney. Simply happy. hate that song. Christmas time. Now, you play me Holly Jolly Christmas, it's my favorite. I love that. But man, I get like certain ones I can't stand. How about the old, old like 1950s? 
Roy Rogers. Well, those are the ones I grew up on. Yeah, I that's love my, those. my family listened I to I love those. And again, that Holly Jolly Christmas, you know, that's from the Rudolph special and stuff. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Or even Frosty the Grinch. the Snowman. You know? Yeah. But, uh, and, and I don't hate all modern Christmas songs, but it's like we were listening to one and the gal was doing the... Ah! And the lady's like, I don't understand why she has to sing. Like, I'm like, she's got to make it her own song. It's the same when somebody sings the national anthem and they do that. Yeah. And I was like, I don't begrudge them that. They got to make it their own. But at the same time. Like you're stepping on a cat. I hate the way that stuff sounds. And then we were listening to somebody and it was like they were clearly auto-tuned. And I hate it when you can pick out auto-tuning. Auto-tuning is fine, I guess. It just means you're not as good at singing as yeah, you I'll, think you are. But I love all the memes. I can't remember the the guys that got so bashed because they were lip singing. Oh, Millie Vanilli. Millie Vanilli. And now they got the memes where they're like, man, everybody does this shit. Yeah, everybody <laughs> does it. I guess there was a, a thing at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade where somebody was singing. I can't remember who it was. But they tried to talk to the audience after they were done singing and the microphone was still off. Oh, yeah. And it was like... Yeah, you can't tell us you're not lip syncing. And yeah, like you said, everybody does it now. Like I said, three, on Oak Island, of all episodes. Oak and, Island just came back. Well, maybe that's it. So I'm thinking that's the, it. The kids were like, why that episode? I'm like, I don't know, because I hate Oak Island. Uh, yep. <laughs> I know that was one you are like, ugh. I, I've read the story. Like, don't get me wrong. There, there is an interesting story there, but it's just. I said that wrong. I got to redo that. I know I was tongue-tying myself. Okay. Rewind. You should always give an odd number to a living person. I got to reread my note. Come on, Aaron. I know. Get with it. Get with it. Okay. I have it typed wrong. That's why I did the same mistake twice. I can read consistently. (laughs) I want to take a time to thank the people that helped bring this all together. Uh, Alex Tudor. You can almost call him our producer at this point. Sarah Tudor, who also helps with some of the technical stuff. I want to take a moment to extend thanks to Eric for letting us use his space to record in kind of our makeshift studio. I, in turn, would like to thank Bill for, one, putting up with me and uh, (laughs) using this camaraderie to do something we both very much love and enjoy doing. And thank Bill's family for allowing him to spend all the time to work and clean up our recordings and present them in what uh, you hear in the final uh, terms. Uh, the final edition, if you will. And we'd like to thank all of you for continuing to, to listen. I know we've got some loyal followers out there. We do this as a labor of love, but we're, we're happy that there are people that enjoy it as, hopefully as much as we do. Thank you very much.